Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey guys, it's Jacqueline here, and I am recording what to do after you binge and purge. I hope you guys are in a good place today, whatever you may be doing. It's Friday, so hopefully you're getting prepared for the weekend. Hopefully you have some fun plans. If you if you have to work during the weekend, whatever it is, I hope that you're getting that ready and it's going to be a good one for you. I wanted to start out this podcast a little differently today. A listener reached out to me earlier this week and their message meant so much to me that I felt the need to share it. I'm obviously keeping it anonymous because, of course, bulimia and eating disorders, it's its a private issue or a private thing, and I really don't want anyone being overexposed, and this is a public place. So any reviews you guys send to me, any feedback is always, always, always going to be anonymous unless you want me to say your name for some reason, then I can do that too. But here is the review. Hey, Jacqueline. I had to reach out and thank you for your podcast. I honestly couldn't have come across it at a better time. Thank you so much for being brave enough to cast that level of vulnerability out to the world. I can't imagine how fucking terrifying it would have been for you. And he's right, it was pretty scary. I've brushed an eating disorder under the rug for over a decade. My friends and family... My friends and family know I lost a lot of weight with anorexia when I was much younger. They don't know. I've still been bulimic for the 10 years or so that have followed. I've never listened to someone talk about the binge purge cycle and addiction so relevantly. You literally explain word for word the way I feel. I've listened to each episode twice over through the week or so since I found them. I haven't binged once. I know I will again, but I'll be hearing your voice in my head asking me why I'm doing it, what the trigger was, can I pause and consider it. I just had to reach out and let you know you've helped another person feel less isolated and alone with a problem that literally eats away at them. Thank you. This review just warms my heart. And not only that, but it it humbled me so much and it reminded me of why I'm doing this podcast. It gave me a very clear reminder and visualization of why I'm putting this podcast out here above all other reasons each week. And it is to help people who are going through the same thing that I used to go through and help them feel less alone and help them feel less isolated and help them break their habits and leave bulimia, eating disorders in the dust because there's no way to live. I am doing it to help people who think they just have to suffer through bulimia or any other eating disorder they may be suffering from. Bulimia is such an isolating disorder. When you're in the throes of it, you just think that you're crazy in that you have this big dirty secret that no one can know about. It makes you feel incredibly alone. But the fact that me just speaking into a microphone once a week and sharing my thoughts has helped someone feel less alone and start their road to recovery, it really puts my reasons of why I'm doing this podcast into perspective. And on that note, I did have another podcast recorded for this week, but after reading this person's message, I decided to record a new one on the topic that I think is more important. 
than what I had originally planned, especially since it directly relates to their message, which was about how they said, I know I will still purge. And I think it's good that they're being realistic. If you've built up a habit for a long time, of course, you will slip up and expecting that you're going to slip up along the process of learning something new because you're learning a, be a habit change, you're learning a behavioral change, of course, you're going to slip up. So I really think it's great that they're planning or they're being realistic and they have an action plan. But I really wanted to drill down into what to do after binging and purging. And before I get into that, I just wanted to say, if you would like to leave a review or you can message me on Instagram if you want it to be private, completely private and not even on the iTunes thing, just leaving some sort of review, giving this podcast a rating, it really helps the podcast get seen more. The more it gets seen, the more people it will help. And so if you could just give the Binge Breakers podcast a review, rate it however you think it should be rated. I'll try to read reviews when I get them in on the podcast because I think it's powerful to share not only my story but others' stories too because I'm just one person and yes, I I help coach people on this so I hear different perspectives but the more stories I can gather, the better. So if you want to send me a message on Instagram, whatever, or if you have any questions or podcast ideas, all that can be done through iTunes, Spotify, or you can do it through Instagram at bingebreakers is my handle there. What to do after a binge and purge. I've talked a lot about this podcast on how to stop your binging cycle, how to recover from bulimia, what to do with your mental state, but I don't feel like a lot of people talk about this, which is okay, it's great to know what I should do to try to not mess up, and it's great to know what I should do to recover, but what happens if I do mess up? And that's where I feel like a lot of things go wrong, is that everyone, when they first start trying to recover, trying to start a new habit, whether it's breaking a binge, breaking binging and purging, or if it's just losing weight, a lot of people ride that motivational high the first couple of days because they're motivated, they're happy, things are going well, but the moment they slip up in the slightest, then their whole world falls apart and then they fall back into the habit of beating themselves up and negative thinking and they take the failure and say, I mean, of course, that's just what I do. I fail at this. I'm going to throw in the towel. Like, I'm never going to get this right. Of course, this is what happened. And that's what I would do. I would at first when I was trying to recover, I, I the whole time I was bulimic, I didn't want to be bulimic. And I think a lot of people that are bulimic, a lot of people that struggle with binge eating, they don't want to be in that position, but they're doing it anyway. So of course, the whole time, every time I did a binge and purge, I would think to myself, this is the last time. I cannot do this again. And whether it was a day later, a few weeks later, it always happened again. And I was always in the same spot. And I would really be upset with myself. And I would expect that I would just not do it again. But after a binge and purge, of course, you feel physically awful and because you've just thrown up or you've just eaten a bunch of food, whatever it is. Maybe if your purging type is um, taking laxatives, I never took those, but I, I can imagine your stomach doesn't feel very good after that. Um, or it's that's probably not a fun process to go through. Or if it's excessive exercising, whatever it is, you're probably not feeling the greatest. And then on top of that, your mind is rushing down a train of on a high speed train of negativity and judgment you're not saying nice things to yourself whether it's you're disgusting you're fat you're out of control you're crazy 
That was a big one for me. I always told myself, I'm crazy, I'm disgusting, I'm fat. That's what I, and, and I'm worthless. Those are my like top four thoughts that were just on repeat in my head. But saying those things, that's not very useful, of course, but that's what you do. And then you also tell yourself it's never going to happen again, which is unrealistic. And then afterwards, I would just go fall back into restrictive dieting and um, lots of exercise, trying to reverse the effects of what I had done and trying to avoid food at all costs and continually harassing my mind with negative thoughts, which eventually led me to binge and purge again. That is what you shouldn't be doing, but that's what a lot of people do when they binge and purge. I'm going to go over in order the three things you should do after a binge. Number one being, and I know I've said it before, but it's so important, guys, stop beating yourself up and stop putting so much judgment around bulimia. You binged and purged. Look at it as neutrally as you possibly can. Do not go in with a judgment thought saying, I'm just a horrible person. I binged and purged. Look at this disgusting thing that I did. No. Say to yourself, if you have to say it out loud, whatever you do, say, I ate an excessive amount of food or even I just, I ate a lot of food that I didn't intend to eat and then I threw up that food or I exercised off that food. That's all you need to say about it. That is exactly what happened. Nothing else. It is a neutral circumstance. If you can take all the judgment and drama out of bulimia, then you are going to very quickly recover from it because when you're constantly giving yourself a mental beatdown, it's not going to be very motivating and you're going to fall continually into the spiral of negative thoughts and punishment and negative thoughts and punishment, looking for relief and then punishment for the relief that you sought, which was food and purging. If you can look at it for what it is, it's just a habit. And you can even say to yourself, all that happened was I messed up. All that happened is that I had a cigarette today when I didn't want to have a cigarette. That's the only thing that happened. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you out of control. It just means that you're human and you messed up. Secondly, you need to learn from this mistake. This is the second step is that you need to document what happened and you need to learn from what happened. So what I started doing was I would write down everything that possibly could happen and I would start thinking about everything that had happened when I binged and purged. Because at this point, I thought of binging, binging and purging as if I drank a Diet Coke, like which I know but you're thinking that bulimia obviously is much more damaging than drinking a Diet Coke. And yes, I would agree. But in order to take the drama out of it and look at it with a rational mind and understand what's going on, then you have to look at it as just another habit that you no longer want. So I would try to document everything that happened and I would record or I would write down all of the things everywhere from when did the thoughts or urges for me to binge and purge start happening, even if there were sneaky thoughts in the car ride coming home, or if I was having a bad time, if I was bored, what emotions were happening for me when I started to feel the need, just the need to go eat a bunch of food. Was that at a big party with a lot of people and I was feeling anxious? Was I feeling restless? Was I depressed? You need to know all of your triggers, all, all of the things that you can expect that are going to make you want to binge and purge. And you need to know what your behaviors are like, like I've said in the Interrupting Your Habit Loop episode, which I believe is episode two, you need to turn your brain off of autopilot, and this is the best way to do it, is that to document everything that happened. 
you could almost look at it as an investigation. Diagnose the crime scene. Diagnose what happened. I'll talk about it again in the end of the episode, but I did create a worksheet for you guys. It's on my website and it'll be below a free download for you. It's called the Binge Purge Recovery Worksheet and it will help you step-by-step diagnose what happened and really useful and powerful to do this every time you binge and purge. The more awareness you can gain around what happened, the better prepared you can be for when it happens again. All right, and this brings us to the last step, the third step, which is you need to make a plan for next time. Make an actionable game plan for the next time that you're going to binge and purge. So what I mean by that is once you know all your triggers, once you know the time of day that it happens, what thoughts pop up in your head, what mood you know you're going to be in, what foods you're going to try to want to buy or get or binge on when they're in the house, what room you're going to be in, whatever it is. Once you know all of the things that are going on when you're binging and purging, the next step is that you need to make an actionable plan for the next time those thoughts and those triggers and those urges are going to come up. Because if you don't, you can know everything in the world, but if you don't apply the information that you know, then it's not helping you because it's just passively learning. You need to take action to not have that happen again. So say again, my trigger usually was I'd be coming home from work in the afternoon and I would be restless and tired and I would be really looking for a way to decompress and I would really be looking for a way to decompress even on the car ride home I would notice thoughts of man I can't wait to snack on some food I can't wait to eat a lot of food my brain would be saying I can't wait to eat a lot of food wouldn't it be fun if we went to the store and grabbed some like pie on sale or something it was the most ridiculous things that I would binge on but I would start to be on to my brain and I would make a plan for when I get home, I'm going to want to decompress. And the way I used to do that was with food. And when I decompress with food, I tend to quickly want to binge once I start eating to decompress versus when I'm eating out of hunger. Then that will lead to me overeating and binging and then I will purge and then I'll feel like crap. So instead, I would make a plan for what I was going to tell my brain and what I was going to do instead. So when I came home, I would think to myself, my brain started offering me thoughts of, you could go to the kitchen, you could get some food. It's not, it's going to be a good time. You know, you want to. I would say, sure, I do want to do that. But instead, I'm going to read for a little bit or I'm just going to stretch for just a little bit. I'm going to do a little bit of yoga to decompress and breathe in and out for five minutes. Or I would just take a nap. I don't like eating in the bedroom. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I know some people like love taking food to bed and watching TV in bed, but I don't like that. I really hate watching or having a TV in your bedroom or eating food in bed. It's just like a big pet peeve of mine. My bedroom is like my sleeping sanctuary. My bedroom, though, is also a really safe place for me from food and bad habits. So if I was ever feeling stressed or needing to decompress, sometimes I would just lay in bed for a little bit and just stare at the ceiling or close my eyes and breathe in and out. And very quickly, the urges to overeat would go away. Sometimes if I got back up, they'd come back and I would just sit back down and I'd take a breather in and out and then I'd continue on my day. I really developed quite a strong protocol for when I would do these things. And it got to the point where I didn't need to 
always stretch or anything. I could just actively tell my brain and redirect my thoughts to, yeah, that's what we used to do. We used to binge and purge. But now we do this when we need to decompress. We take a walk. We lie in bed. We take a bath. We read a book. Those are the things we do. We don't decompress with food. It took me lots of failing, lots of trying to get to the place that I am now, whereas I don't binge and purge. But I will tell you guys, I don't identify with being bulimic anymore because I really think that it's important for you to identify with your future self, meaning that you want to identify with the person you want to be and the person that you're striving to be, not the past you. And the past me did have an issue with bulimia and I was bulimic and I had an eating disorder and I had a lot of problems and I'm not shaming my old me for having those problems. I honor that version of myself because it's allowing me to help people now and it's made me a lot stronger and I would have never learned some of the things I know now if I hadn't have gone through that. But now I identify with someone who doesn't struggle with those things and I'm someone who's striving to help people with those things. But even though I don't identify with that anymore and I don't struggle with bulimia anymore, I still do have thoughts to overeat. I have thoughts to binge occasionally. And I do have thoughts when I do accidentally overeat to throw out my food. And they're not as powerful as they once were. They're not like when I was first trying to recover, the urge to um, throw out my food was incredibly intense. It was very hard to resist, and it was just because it was a guttural reaction. It was an autonomous habit that I had built, and resisting that habit or not acting upon that habit was harder then. Now the urge is kind of an afterthought. It's just like if I eat too much and I feel full, and of course I overeat on occasion, like everyone, I'm human, I just eat too much, but it's it's more so eating an extra slice of pizza versus eating an entire pizza. But... I would still, I do still, when I feel too full, I will say, I will, it'll think in my mind, the thought will come up of, I mean, I guess you could just throw up your food this one time. And it's a very quiet, it's like a whisper in my mind. I don't know if that will ever go away. It's very infrequent. It's not that often. I think I maybe have the urge once or twice a month. Maybe that sounds like a lot to you guys. Maybe that doesn't. But it's so much easier for me to just disregard that thought and redirect my brain. There's no more white knuckling it. There's no more resisting. And you shouldn't be resisting anyway. You should allow an urge and let it pass through and just not act upon it and acknowledge the urge but not act upon it. Your thoughts and your urges to throw up may never go away. I don't know for sure. But I'm saying that it's it's such an ingrained habit that you really need to get your mental management down now so that if they continue forever, it's not a big deal. You can redirect it. When I have that thought to throw up, I don't panic. I don't breathe in and out. My heartbeat doesn't start going faster. I don't have these feelings of guilt and shame anymore. I used to. I used to have all those feelings, but now it's just more like I'm talking to someone who's irrational in my brain. And I'm like, uh, no. We're not going to do that. Why did you think that? No. And I just move on with my day. And that's the point I want you guys to get to. And the way you can get to that point is making an actionable game plan and learning from your mistakes and failures. And binging and purging is just a mistake. When you're on the road to recovery, you can't let one binge and purge mess up, ruin your whole process. You have to pick yourself up and continue to move on. 
And the way you do that is you learn from your mistake and you make an actionable plan. I'm going to review this one more time. Revenge and purge. First, don't beat yourself up. It's just a mistake. Look at it as neutrally as possible. It's just binging and purging. That's all it is. Second, document what happened. Think of everything that happened along the way from the moment that you started to feel uncomfortable or the moment you had one thought that's, that was going to lead you down the path of binging and purging. Writing information down is super important. It really helps cement things in your brain and it really helps you commit. If you're writing something down versus just a passive thought, it makes it much more real and it makes you, you much more likely to commit to that thought or what information you're learning. So document it all, learn what happened, understand your triggers, your cues, your responses, understand how your binge and purge cycle works, and then make a plan for next time. Make a protocol. Having thoughts of buying a bunch of food or eating a bunch of food or throwing up your food, what are you going to do next time that was different than last time? All of those things will help you to recover and help you binge and purge less and less. I promise you. So that is it for today. Thank you for listening. Every time I put on an episode and people listen to it and download it and send me reviews and responses, I just feel so humbled again and honored. So thank you to all of you. Also, if you would like the what to do after a binge and purge recovery worksheet, you can download that in the show notes below and it's also on my website. So you can download that free worksheet there you want to work with me. I coach people on how to recover from bulimia and how to lose weight in a sustainable, healthy way. Then you can sign up for that on my website as well at bingebakers.com. Thank you so much for listening, guys. That is all today. I think that this will be a really powerful thing for you to implement in your recovery process. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Thank you.